Mac gave birth to 12 children, but only eight of them survived. The older ones all left home as soon as they could make their own way in the world. The four younger girls were sent away to be educated in a residential convent school. While it wasn't exactly the stuff of nightmares, it was no picnic either. The nuns were very strict and there were no cuddles, words of comfort or any real affection. I'm surprised my mum and my aunts grew up to be such well-balanced, kind-hearted individuals after their strict and loveless upbringing. My parents had a mixed marriage as my dad was a Protestant and my mum a Catholic. In those days, this was frowned upon in sectarian Glasgow. My grand Kelly had no time for organised religion, which he claimed, not unreasonably, to be the cause of all wars and strife. He worked hard and drank hard and was a man of few words, but he did have a cracking sense of humour. When he had a few drinks inside him for Dutch courage, you could sometimes persuade him to sing at family parties and he had a terrific voice. I loved those parties when I was a little girl, especially at New Year when you were allowed to stay up and have a glass of cordial and as much fruitcake as you could stuff into your greedy wee face. The children ran riot until about two o'clock in the morning and then fell down exhausted as the party continued around us. When I was a toddler, the clearance of the gorbals was in full swing. The old tenements were being demolished and bright new multi-storeys or high-rises thrown up in their place. Like the slums they replaced, these soulless monoliths would eventually have to be torn down, but not before they had wrecked communities and separated friends and families forever. My mum and dad moved out of the Gorbals when I was three and we went up in the world, but thankfully not to a multi-storey high-rise. Our new tenement was in Swanson Street, Bridgeton, in Glasgow's East End. It had two rooms and, joy of joys, an inside toilet. Our home was still basic though. We all lived in one room and shared the bedroom. I didn't think there was any other way to live because it was the way we were all brought up. How families with five or six kids managed, I have no idea. They must have slept in shifts. We might have had no running hot water, no phone, no bath and no shower, but we had some real luxuries that many other families would have envied. Thanks to my dad's job as a TV engineer, we were the first in our street to have a colour television. We also had a radiogram that looked like a sideboard. You lifted up the polished wooden lid to put on your vinyl records. It was on that radiogram that I first listened to Bob Dylan, The Beatles, The Animals and The Rolling Stones as well as top crooners Frank Sinatra and the Kelly family favourite, Matt Monroe. I was a very happy little girl until I reached six years old when something terrible happened to shatter my world. It came in the form of an £8, 5-ounce, curly-headed, blue-eyed baby boy, my wee brother Graham. My nose was put out of joint as I no longer was the spoiled only child of the family and I was truly horrible to him. We fought like cat and dog and my poor mother must have wanted to strangle us both as we traded slaps and nips and rolled around on the floor. Graham continued to be merely my nuisance of a wee brother and I was his intensely annoying big sister until the day we almost lost him. We were playing in the street when five-year-old Graham was knocked down by a car and trapped under the wheel. I'll never forget the ambulance taking his broken body away and the utter shock and horror on my mum's face. I was tortured by guilt because I had never wanted him in the first place and I was sure it was all my fault that the accident had happened. Of course, I didn't tell anyone I felt I was to blame, but it did make me realise that deep down I actually loved him very much. Graham had to have his spleen removed and he could have died. 
He came home, bent over like a wee old man and with a very impressive scar on his belly. He was quite rightly treated like a little emperor and we declared a truce. The 60s were a magical time full of optimism and possibility but for my parents those years were all hard graft. My dad was determined that his family would always be fed, clothed and want for nothing. There was still abject poverty in Glasgow. I just don't know how my mum kept the tenement flat so pristine and how she managed to cook such brilliant meals on that tiny gas stove. As if looking after us wasn't enough, she also had a part-time job in Fraser's, the Glasgow department store in Buchanan Street. My mum was, and still is, a remarkably beautiful woman with a real sense of fashion. She knew how to make her home feel warm and comforting on a shoestring. She had to boil kettles for everything, wash and wring out all her clothes by hand. It must have been a real chore, but she never complained, even when she once dropped the boiling kettle onto her foot and was badly scalded. I had to run to my Granny Kelly and...